Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. Today's episode will focus on the book, Once Upon a Time, Red's Untold Tale, by Wendy Tolliver. Ashley has taken the time to read this book, so without further delay, Ashley, take it away! So I'm going to first off, I'd say, if you want the big details and like full-on chapter descriptions, you might want to go look at our Patreon, because I'm doing a chapter by chapter review through basically as I was reading it so those will be posted weekly for a few couple months so if you want to read along with me or at least pretend you're reading along with me because I already finished it we you know we can have a discussion maybe you'll notice things that I didn't notice but I have a description of the book Red is 16 and lives with granny in in a cottage in the village where boarding up the house and hiding during wolf's time is a means of survival Red helps Granny with Granny's baked goods business, catering as well as door-to-door sales. Red has a constant internal battle between her wild side and her strict overprotective upbringing and the issue of control as she discovers she has a hot temper when the mean girls push her too far. She has flashbacks to her 13th year where she received her cloak and nickname Red. She is played by nightmares that she doesn't understand, but the Once Upon a Time fans will recognize them as her wolf side coming. Also, the forest creatures that used to accompany her on her deliveries are suddenly afraid of her once she turns 13. She'll be taller and faster than the others at school and witty and strong on the outside, but she has a soft side as well. Red balances the difficult times with Granny at home and girls at school with an emerging and satisfying romance with Peter. Okay, wow. It is a very teen book. I yeah. will say that it is your basic teen romance, not even YA. Very, you know, the mean girls are being mean to me, and they put dirt in my basket. How could they ruin my granny's baked goods? Well, like, that's yeah. Uh, the use of the word "mean girls" stood out to me. Also, the word "school," like that she's going to school and everything like that. That caught my attention. I mean, it's very village schoolhouse. Mm. Like, you know, it's so basically the story, there's two things I really want to talk about. The basic story is mostly Red going about her day. Her and Granny are having a hard time paying the taxes. So Red's trying to figure out what to do about that. The mean girls are teasing her because Peter likes her more than the other girls, of course. Mm. Mm. Peter likes the quirky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she's kind of getting her relationship with Peter kind of started. And, you know, it's wolf's time. So there's a lot of wolf dreams and it's a lot of wolf related stuff. So the wolves are killing chickens, killing cows. Mm. The wolf does kill a single man in this book. Oh. And Granny is very, you know, Granny has always been very vocal about, well, we all need to stay inside and avoid the wolves and the young people, the mean girls and all them want this big ball, like annual summer springtime ball to happen. So everybody kind of treats Red poorly for things that are mostly out of her control. Mm -hmm. 
so besides Granny, no one else is aware of uh, Red's condition. Red's not aware of her condition. This right. is well before Snow, and this is well before Red's kind of knows what's going on. So mm. this is her, definitely before anybody knows. I thought her wearing the cloak prevented her from transforming. It does, but she likes to sleep in the nude all the time. Oh. Well, if it, <laughs> if it wasn't a 16-year-old Red, I'd make a joke, but... That's that that that's it's okay. There's entire scenes in this book where it's like, and she liked that Peter could see her through the window that she was nude as he walked by while he was hunting the wolf. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it never says she's in the nude, but that's clearly what it implies. Okay. Because she's always saying like, "Oh, I'm not wearing anything. Like, I'm not wearing my undergarments to bed. Like, I'm not wearing anything to bed." Like. Well, we're definitely getting a look inside the character of Red. Again, these books for being teen, being Mm -hmm. Disney, being ABC are sometimes very explicit in what they're saying. And I'm like, okay, we went there. All right. So the interesting plot line here comes with Granny is having a lot of pain in her arm and Red notices. And she also notices it knows that her cloak is magic. So she decides to go find the wizard who made her this cloak so that she can get something to help Granny with Granny's pain. The most interesting thing about this is the wizard isn't Rumple. Oh, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> it's not Rumple. Oh. That's the most interesting thing about this entire book. It's a character that only features in this book. I did look up the Once Upon a Time Wikia because I want to know if he was like in something else and I yeah. just couldn't remember. So his name is Nubbin. Mm. And I'm going to read you the description of Nubbin. The little yellow door finally cracked open, revealing mid-chest and downwards of a knobby man in a shirt that was once upon a time might have been possibly white and baggy brown trousers and bare feet with hairy toes. He ducked and stepped out, letting us see the top of him, wild yellowish white hair for his head, brows and beard and a long thin nose that angled down. Clearly the man's bloodshot eyes were struggling to adjust to the sunlight and his knees were having a hard time keeping his body from falling over. So he's a hobbit. Essentially. Yeah. Also, again, who is this man? Yeah. Like, yeah, he never pops up in anything. I mean, Maybe. I can see where his description is a little rumply in description. Yeah. But it's not. And the other I, things about this, he has a pet bird named Heathcliff that talks. Oh, that's interesting. I know I, the name Heathcliff, Heathcliff is from something, but I can't think of what it is right now. But um, you know what you, you made me think of by the description of him being a little man. Uh, and I originally said a hobbit. I, maybe he's the gnome that Regina turned to stone. Maybe. Is, is he an evil wizard or is he a good wizard? He seems kind of okay because uh, he's like, yeah. you know, Granny came to him mm-hmm. and Granny had to basically, Granny had been to him twice, mm. actually. The first time was to take away all of her memories of anything to do with like her husband and her brothers dying at the hands of wolves. Mm. But in order to get rid her cloak, she had to accept those memories back and mm. basically give herself the pain which is also why she has the pain in the arm because that's the physical representation of her pain. Mm. And then he's also seen Red's mother because of the golden cross necklace that was given to her mother to basically show her her wolf's dreams and what they really mean that Red now wears as well. But 
that that was given to his mother by her, by the wizard as well, by Nubbin. Hmm. All right. That's very interesting. Then. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to Heathcliff, I mean, Heathcliff is a uh, Worthing Heights, I think. It's one hmm. of those. It's one of those romance novels. Hmm. But it's also, I think if I remember correctly, it's the name of the bird in the Maleficent movies. Like that's the name of the yes, that, character I think that you're plays right. the bird. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Which is also a uh, talking bird of some which sort. Which is also a talking crow raven, which is exactly what Heathcliff is. So again, it's very interesting. Like mm. I'm curious, Nubbin is supposed to be someone else in a different form. Like, is it the evil queen somehow? Like, is it Maleficent somehow? I don't know why she would have been involved in this storyline. Yeah. But also, we only see him twice in the book. Red goes to him and then he says he'll have a salve for her to, the next day to give to Granny. And the next day he says, oh, I'm packing up because I'm leaving because they're coming for me. So I have to relocate. But he doesn't say who. And I can't imagine who's coming. For, like, I don't understand who's coming for him. I don't understand who he's supposed to be. Mm. Like, is, is this the first in a series of untold tales or no? No, they're all kind of unrelated. Like the next mm. book in this is Regina Rising, which is another you know story that's kind of outside the spectrum of this show itself but it's he doesn't pop up in anything according to the once upon a time wiki i did look to see if he was like popped up in any of the other books to make sure i wasn't missing anything but no he's just in this book hmm. well I, like I, this I is it i wonder did uh, did wendy tolliver write the other books or no wendy tolliver wrote regina rising he did oh, she doesn't okay. write any of the other ones so hmm. maybe the next one will get some weird thing but she hasn't she's only wrote this one and i wonder uh, I wonder if she had the idea to put the character in there and have it going forward, but then someone put a nix on the character or something. Could be. Mm. But and so then the second thing that's interesting is obviously he makes a salve for Granny mm. and he gives it to Red and says, well, it's missing an ingredient, but you need to go get it yourself. It's a quest. She has to go to Lake Nostos. Oh, perfect timing. Yes, yeah. with our What Happened to Frederick episode. Yeah. But obviously, this book takes place well before Charming has to go and get the thing and gets rid of the siren in the lake. Mm. Obviously, Red never makes it to the lake. I don't think she gets there just because I think she's always stuck in this town. And I don't think prior to Snow really showing up, does she get out of this? Like, I imagine this book takes place almost immediately before her finding out she's a wolf. Yeah. So she never makes it to the actual lake, even though that's, like, what prevents her it from... End, yeah, it ends before it even, like, comes to oh, that. Like, the book okay. kind of ends with, like, okay, they think uh, the wolf in the story that's been terrorizing the town, like, attacks one of the mean girls, and Red kills it, and then, air quotes, kills it, and then... They, like at the very end of the book you hear the wolf howling because it disappeared so it's obviously still alive hmm. I mean that also begs the question of who's the wolf in this case because obviously it's not red because red kills the wolf oh okay oh all right I misunderstood yeah yeah and it wouldn't be because it shows up later yeah um. and the wolf is still alive so it, like it could be her. It would have they would have to be a wolf that knows and has some connection to understand that these mean girls are being mean to her. Hmm. Because obviously they're attacking the mean girls for a reason. 
Okay. Because I, I took that to mean that it was I, like I haven't read it, but I took I took that to mean that uh, Red was the wolf attacking. No, her. because Red literally stabs the wolf, so mm. it can't be her when she's the one killing the wolf. Maybe it is <laughs> then, like perhaps she, like she was looking out for for Red from afar and attacking Regina George and all of them. This book is just, it's a weird book, and it definitely does some weird things to like the overall lore. Because I'm like I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I, like, the, the whole school thing, I can't get over, I, I, like, they didn't have school back then in the time frame that, like, this is supposed to take place. They had they private, like, you know, they went to, like, see it, I mean, I assume it's more like a tutor, they're all, like, going to the schoolhouse, like. Right, but only rich people had uh, tutors, that's. I know, was, we're talking, like, village poor people. Yeah, there was a West Saxon king. I think his name was Albert or Alfred. I can't remember. But what he's remembered for was he actually started school programs. Like he wanted everyone in his, he was a very poor king, and, but he wanted everyone in his kingdom to be educated and be able to read. And in England, I should, I should say, and his version, he was an old English, like when they still spoke old English. He was an old English king and his version of old English that they spoke in his kingdom, like the spelling and everything became the national language because of him, like because all the people in his kingdom could read, even though he was the poorest king Yeah. out of all of them, the people in his kingdom could read. So that became the standardized old English language. But aside from that, there weren't like schools, like you had private tutors for rich people, but it, it, I don't know this this whole thing is just blowing my mind <laughs> yeah it's a very like I get that they're writing it for teens so I understand like kind of the logic of yeah it. but what's also interesting is early on like in one of the flashback scenes they mentioned like writing uh that granny is reading stories to the kids like early on like before mm. they're old enough to really go to school and that all the stories are fairy tale stories themselves. She reads them the story of Lake Nosa. She reads them the story oh. of Sleeping Beauty. And I'm like, but they live in fairy tale world. Yeah. These are real stories. Like this is them. These they are the people. When, when I'm was, confused. Yeah. When was the book published? The copyright is 2015. Oh. Okay. So season one, 2011, two, 2012, three. 2013 for that's pretty far into the season when this uh seasons when that got published like they they had sleeping beauty on the show by that well whatever it's you know it's like everything that we've talked about this before that it's like star wars you can have books and everything but if they want to do something different with the main canon that's the canon um i don't know but yeah it, it does sound interesting all these different things that they're throwing out there I'm trying to remember was because I, I I genuinely can't remember was the wolf originally right and then when Red was born she no longer became a wolf or was it Red's grandfather? I think it was. Yeah. So she wouldn't be the wolf at this point in the story then, because I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but yeah, it it adds a little more to the character. Certainly, the fact that she likes being naked in front of uh, Peter. <laughs> And that adds to Peter and the wolf story as well. It's uh, such an interesting, like, like I said, it's a good book, but it's also just so outside the realm of normalcy for what we see in Once Upon a Time. Mm. So you do recommend reading it then? 
I would say reading it if you want a good like Red's backstory. I mean, it doesn't really add to her personal story. Like, you know, I wish there was more to her being a wolf like in this, but mm. I think, you know, if you're curious for yourself, like what's going on with Nubbin or anything, like I didn't see it. Like I was trying, there weren't any illusions in my opinion to let me know like who he was, but. Well, that's something, if anyone listening to this knows Wendy Tolliver and I uh, can get her, her contact information to us or give her our contact information we would love to interview you and see what uh what was going on but yeah i don't i don't know i don't i don't really have anything else to say uh is there anything else like if you do you want to give it a rating or i mean probably give it like a six out of like 10 it's not okay. like it's not like the best book if you're looking for something a bit more complicated of a read it is a team book it's not yeah easy read they tend probably to be like mid- yeah it's very like middle grade-ish so mm. like if you're looking for something easy that you're gonna like blow through sure but uh if you you know if you want something more complicated don't you know yeah i wouldn't bother i would go read go on the patreon and just read your summaries what I, right read my summaries of the chapters you'll probably get just as much out of it all right well that sounds good anything else you'd like to add to the episode or no i think we're good That concludes this bonus episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.